it's amazing when you begin to uh, seek God for something and you begin to pray about something and, and study for something. That's when usually God shows up and begins to allow you to be challenged in that area. <laughs> I uh, was talking about unity today and forgiveness and all that good stuff. And I went to get my hair cut. And I sat down, and the lady says, oh, you ready? I said, yeah. And she just butchered me. And I'm like, what in the world? I had my glasses off, so I thought, man, this feels kind of weird. And I looked, and I said, what in the world? And she's like, how's that? And I'm like, and I'm thinking, don't lose it. Don't, don't go off. And I said, um... What happened? Well, I didn't want a military crew cut. What happened here? I mean, I looked like Gomer Pyle or something. And I'm like, and it was jagged all over the place. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And she's like, well, and she was, you know, kind of foreign. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, it said zero on the sides and one on the top. I'm like, yeah, I'm not that high. What's going on? I mean, I had this little thing up here. And so I said, uh and I've got the mirror and I'm looking I said well can you take my beard I said can you take this off she's like okay it'll be six dollars and I'm like seriously after you just <laughs> butchered me you're gonna that's the main thing you want to do so she says okay I said well can you do it she's like you want to pay six dollars I'm like yes so she takes it and it, I mean it was spotted and speckled and everything and I'm just like so I take the I take the mirror and I'm like and I toss it up against the thing and she's like whoa whoa and I said like, and then she goes and again, I'm trying to be, trying to walk in love. And then a, a lady comes over. She's like, is everything okay? I'm like, no. And she's like, why don't you come over to my chair? I'll see if I can fix you up a little bit. I'm like, unbelievable. I go over there and she's like, oh, sorry. And so she, I said, it, didn't it say fade on there? I mean, they have all the information in the computer. And she's like, yeah, she, she took it up a little high, didn't she? And so she's fixing and everything. And as I'm sitting there, I'm just steaming mad. And true confession, now here's the confession part. It was this morning because I didn't get there yesterday. So I'm like, I ran to a place this morning. I'm like, of all times, I've never gotten my hair cut on a Sunday morning. And I'm like, of all days for me to look like Bozo the Clown, it has to be on Sunday morning. And uh, no, so the, <laughs> thank you. So the lady fixed it up. So she got me all fixed up. And then I'm sitting there and I'm stewing and all of a sudden... I've got my phone, and I'm going over my notes for my message. And I'm reading my notes, and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> like, I see you, devil. I see you. So I had, to, I had to calm myself down. I had to apologize to both ladies and, you know, set it straight. And then we go over there. She's like, well, we're just going to charge you for the beard trim today since your, since your haircut was not the way you want it. But I thought, you know, here I had an opportunity to stay ugly, to get ugly, and to go all the way off, I thought, you know what, in the scheme of things, what is that going to do? Come on, it's, it's amazing that what you start studying begins to show up. So, I want unity in my life. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. I want to tell you a story. There's a, a farmer that had... 
three sons and they were always kind of at each other's odds. They were always competing with each other, always trying to see who was the best. And the people in town loved it because it was comic relief for them almost. They liked to see them fight and everything. And the old man was getting older and he said, I don't want you guys fighting. Can't you get along? And it just wasn't working. And so he says, I tell you what, he was getting sick and he's laying there. He says, I want you to come in. I have a test for you. And he had some sticks and he said, I want you to take these sticks and I want you to begin to break them. And I want you to break them and we're going to see who can break them the fastest. So they take the sticks and they begin breaking them. And it became a competition. See who could go faster. See who could do this. And then he said, wait, wait, it's not over. And he had a bundle of sticks. And he took the bundle of sticks and he said, now I want to see who can break those sticks all tied together. And they began trying and trying and obviously they couldn't break the bundle of sticks. Said we can't do it. And he said exactly. He said alone you can be broken. But when you're together nothing can break you. And I want you to stay together for me. And at that point they finally got it. And they lived the rest of their life in unity. And strove to have unity for one another. And I'm telling you that's what God wants for his children. He wants us to be in unity. And in the words of Reginald Denny, can't we all just get along? Come on. If you have your Bible, open up to Psalm chapter 133. Psalm 133. This is a familiar passage of Scripture. I love this passage of Scripture. And it's really descriptive. And here we believe this is one of David's songs. And Psalm 133 says this. It says, behold, whenever you see the word behold in the Bible, it means, hey, look at this. Everything I'm getting ready to say after this is important. Look around your neighbor and say, behold, behold, behold. Come on, listen up. Behold. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. Father, I pray that you would add the blessing to your word, to my words. God, your word is already blessed. I ask that you add the blessing to my words. God, that you would give us ears to hear today, a mind to remember, spirit to receive everything you have for us. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody shouted. Amen. Today I want to talk to you about walking across the bridge of unity. Last week we talked about this was a bridge of salvation. How God, remember we had God over here looking so sharp and dapper. And we had man over here looking sharp and dapper. And man tried to get to God. But there was the gulf of sin. There was the chasm. And it was impossible for man to get to God. Man tried everything. But then God had an idea. And he said, I will send my one and only. I love you so much that I'm going to send my one and only. And Jesus became the bridge for man to get to God. And you know, when Jesus did that, he became not only a bridge for salvation, but for so much more. How many know there's always more? Look at your neighbor and say, there's more. 
Jesus is like the all-encompassing buffet. Come on, somebody. I know some people that only like certain things. I'm just a salad eater. I'll just have a salad. But when you go to a buffet, come on, how many know that you're going to nibble on some other stuff? Because it's there. It's good. It's all there. My wife would eat at a buffet every day if it was possible. Not that she wants to eat a lot. She just loves variety. Every time we go to a restaurant, she's like, I think I'm going to get the special. But can you add cheese to that? Can I change that from this? Can you put no croutons on that? And can you add this? But I want the white cheese. Can you give me the chihuahua cheese? Can you? And I'm like, it's not the special anymore. By the time you add and change everything, and she wants to, and can I get a side of this? And can we get some of that? And I'm like, are you that hungry? No, I just want to taste a little bit of it. She wants everything. But that's how Jesus is. Some people think that Jesus is all about serving the Lord. Asking Jesus into your heart is just fire insurance. How many know somebody that they got saved for fire insurance? Because they didn't want to go to hell. Come on. That's the only reason they're serving God is for fire insurance. I tell you what, I heard a preacher talk about hellfire and brimstone. And I don't want to go there, so... Sign me up. But there's so much more to that. Jesus became the bridge, not only for salvation, but he came the bridge to get our stuff back. Come on, somebody. And like I told you here, Jesus took off his glory in heaven. And he left it in heaven. And he came down and he was born as a man. Because God had made a covenant with the earth that man, through man, the world was going to be established. Through man was going to have dominion. So God could not break his covenant. Come on, I'm going to get a little deep. But God could not break his covenant and come down as God and begin doing things. Because he made a covenant with the earth that man would have dominion. And for God to come in and begin doing things as God, how many know he would not be a man of his word? And so Jesus had to come and be born as a baby and come as man. And then do you realize that everything Jesus did on the earth, Shade, he didn't do as God running around on terra firma, but he did it as a man just like us? Come on, somebody. He did it as a man just like us, a man filled with the Holy Ghost. A man who came down and snatched the glory that was left by Adam because Adam walked in that glory. And Jesus came down and he said, I'm going to display here on earth what I really want you to look like. Come on, Jesus was the model. How many go shopping and you walk into a department store and you see the clothes on the model and you're like, mm-hmm, that was, that's how it's going to look. <laughs> I get it home and I'm like, what in the world happened? <laughs> I remember one time I went into K&G Men's store. Man, and they had, they had this entourage up there. They had this jacket and they had the scarf the, the, and everything and the tie and all this stuff. I don't even think it was a tie, it was an ascot. And it had it all there and I'm like, oh yeah, come Come on, sucky sucky now. I'm going to look good now. So I bought it. I get home. I put that on and I'm standing in the mirror. And I'm like, something ain't right here. 
something ain't right. I did not look like, I did not look like the uh, most interesting man in the world. <laughs> I looked like I was wearing a bib with a jacket that was too small, and I looked ridiculous. I never wore that thing again. Took it right back. I'm telling you, but Jesus was the model. He walked the earth and did what we were supposed to do. Come on, somebody. He said, watch me, and I'm going to do this. And then he even said, the word even says, not only will you do what he did, but greater work shall you do, because I go to the Father. So the first thing, I want to give you some things today to get unity, because Jesus wants us to be together. David said it right here, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. When unity happens, things take place. And the first thing is unity begins with God. Unity begins with God. John 17, 21, it's Jesus praying and he says, That they may all be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. He's praying and he's saying, God, this is my prayer. We call, we call the Lord's prayer, um, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Come on, that's the Lord teaching us how to pray. But the Lord's prayer is really found in John 17. This is our Lord praying. And this is what he prayed. He said, God, I want them to be together. And I believe that he's still saying that today. Why is it that so many people are disjointed? You see, unity is the key factor to everything happening. If we can all get together on the same page, things can happen. And unity begins with God. He says that they may all be one just as we are one. And so Jesus was one with the Father, and then He made us to be together, but man got separated because sin, and Jesus came back to be the bridge to get man back to God, and unity begins with God. And the first thing we need to do is make sure that we are right with God. Come on, somebody. And not just asking God to forgive you of your sin, but make sure you are in unity with Him. Make sure you're walking hand in hand. Make sure you're in step with God. And that's the word I was saying, that when we say we're going to live by faith, what we're saying is, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. Not what I want to do. Do you realize that when you say yes to God, and you yield to God's plan in your life, big things begin to happen. Yes is such a powerful word. I've told you stories before of times that I said yes to something. And as soon as I said yes, things began to unfold. Things began to happen. Blessings began to come my way. Prosperity began to come my way. Healing and relationships began to come just by a simple yes. And if someone asks you to do something and you say no, as soon as you say no, that stops every blessing that could come your way. You never know what's on the other side of a yes. And it's even more so when you say yes to God, he's ready to pour out blessings. And when we are unified, we say, God, I want to be unified with you. Then it says that the world is going to know that I sent you. Why? Because the hardest thing in the world is for churches to get together. Why is that? I don't understand, but that's the hardest thing in the world. We say, we're going to reach this city. We want to have a citywide crusade. Do you know how hard it is for churches to come together? Everybody wants to know, well, whose name is going to be on the marquee? 
when we receive the offering, Reverend, uh, how are we going to split that up? <laughs> Come on, isn't that ridiculous? I mean, I've been in Africa doing crusades in Africa, thousands and thousands of people getting healed, saved, and all of a sudden God's moving. I mean, miracles, blind eyes opening because everybody came together. And as soon as they start receiving an offering, I mean, I've seen African pastors get full of the devil over the offering. And I mean, literally, steal, pull out guns, come on somebody, over the offering. And it's not even enough, it's about $30, $40. And, but the spirit of desperation comes on them so bad, and then everything stops. Then you have to work and work to get. Why do you think they sing so much at crusades? Have you ever been to a, a Benny Hinn crusade or somebody else? They sing for hours. Why is that? Because what that doing, at least if you're singing, you can get everybody on the same page. We put the words up on the screen. Everybody sing this. And all of a sudden we can find some unity. Because God is searching for unity. Unity is a bullseye. If God sees unity, he says, oh yeah, that's it right there. That's where I want to go go that's where my healing's going to go that's where my power's going to go that's where my blessing's going to go why is it in families that we don't have the blessing of god on our life when we're in disunity have you ever noticed that when you're at odds with your family everything goes wrong now i know looking at me you think that i have the perfect family and i do hallelujah Everybody is perfect, and my wife and I are always loving and never talk to each other in any tone. But every now and then, we have some intense fellowship. And we can tell that when we are at odds, when we're having intense fellowship, all of a sudden the kids start acting up. And then all of a sudden, the other day, we weren't really mad, it was, so we were just raising our voice, we were, we were excited about something. And uh, all of a sudden, we're talking loud. The kids start going off. And then uh, my mother usually just sits there and laughs. That's what she does. She just sits there and laughs. And I know she's thinking, ha, 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 ha. All these years, I said, one day, I hope you have children just like you. Ha, 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 ha. It's fun being a grandparent, I tell you what. But then all of a sudden, the baby just looks. And she starts going, she started screaming and it was like we all just stopped <laughs> she's like I'm going to get in on this if everybody else is screaming I think I'm going to scream ah! and she didn't know what was going on she had a big smile on her face but she's screaming because everybody else is talking like that and it's amazing that when one thing is disjointed when one thing is out of order everything else falls apart and how I many know you just can't get to the destination that God has for you? There's a story in the Bible I alluded to last week that they were trying to get a tower to reach to heaven. And the Bible says they would have done it. Why? Because they were all together. They were all speaking the same language. They were all in unity. And wherever God sees unity, He says, I have to. Something in me, I have to command a blessing. I have to put my mark on that. I have to let that happen. And unity begins with God. The first thing we have to do is say, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I want to be unified with you. I want to be on the same page with you. Unity begins with God. And then unity bridges the gap. Unity bridges the gap. I hope you appreciate my alliteration here because I worked hard on it. <laughs> Unity begins with God. Unity bridges the gap. Thank you, Claire, for that, that musical intro. That was powerful. Right? 
Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says, try, I'm reading from the contemporary English version, I like this, it says, try to live at peace with everyone. Live a clean life. If you don't, you will never see the Lord. Come on, is that pretty plain right there? Try to live at peace with everyone. Who's everyone? Everyone. But well, I don't like these people because you know they're everyone. Yeah, but you know what? You don't know how they treated my ancestors. Everyone. I'm going to get on a soapbox for a minute. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how people can get so upset with someone that they've never met before. They've never done anything to you. Never treated you anyway, but you can be so upset with someone that you've never even met before because of something you perceive that they feel about you. That's why the word prejudice means to prejudge. It means to judge someone before you even know them. It's amazing that we can have feelings against people we don't even know. Uh, in our neighborhood, we, the neighborhood we live in, we have every nationality known to man. And I mean, you can, at any time, people walking down the street, dressed in all kind of different garb. And when we first moved in, we were kind of, we first moved there and we, we didn't see anybody. And then like, we were in the house and all of a sudden, <laughs> started seeing all these people come out. And Pastor April says, have you noticed all these people that are walking around, wearing these, you know, they're all covered up. And they say, what if they're, what if they're Muslim? I said, what if they are? It's just like, well, I mean, should we, should we be worried? <laughs> and I'm like, no, we don't have to worry about anything. And um, I mean, you talk about smells. I mean, on, at about 6 o'clock, you walk outside and the most aromatic smells. I mean, you got every kind of cooking known to man. We take a walk and you're like salivating by the time you get by. Because you walk by a house and you can smell uh, Hispanic food coming out. You walk by another house and I don't know why, but uh, some of our neighbors cook in their garage. So they, have, they cook in the garage and they have the garage door open and they have a little wood burning stove or something out there and they're cooking out there. And I mean, it smells so amazing. I want to go introduce myself, become the welcome wagon. Hi, neighborhood, neighborhood community meeting right now. But I'm telling you, you have to see that when we can all get together, we had that block party out there, and everybody came from all different walks, and we had a good time. Nobody was there pushing anything. Nobody was being rude to people. We can dwell together. Unity bridges the gap. When you finally say, I'm going to be unified, I'm going to love people, I'm going to try my best to get along, it bridges a gap. It says, try to live at peace with everyone. Live a clean life. If you don't, you will never see the Lord. What does that mean? Another translation says live in holiness. Try to be at peace and live in holiness. What that's saying is don't be quarrelsome. At this time, they're telling them, don't start wars. Because if you don't live in peace with somebody, it's going to start a war. And instead of trying to get back, see the world system says, if someone does something to you and someone's different than you, you attack. You get back. You get retribution. But God's system says... Pray for those that use you. Love your enemies. Come on somebody, how many know that's hard to do? 
But if you're living a clean life, if you're living in holiness, which means if you're standing in the presence of God and you're loving God more than you love anything else, it's going to be easy. Why? Because you're focusing on the things of God and you're not focusing on what people did to you. Jesus was the prime example of doing this. I mean, the Bible says that they treated him horribly, but he did not retaliate. And if he's our example, we need to let unity bridge the gap. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about being one in Christ. It says, verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has torn down the dividing wall of hostility. He's torn down the dividing wall of hostility. Jesus' peace has become the bridge. One translation says there's Jew and Gentile. And there's a dividing line in between of them. But Jesus the Christ became one and he tore down the division wall. And I'm telling you today that peace is the bridge that gets us to unity. Somebody say amen. And in order to get that, you got to use the F word. My wife's giving me the look. I'm in trouble right now. You have to use the F word, forgiveness. You have to forgive. So many people have done things to us. They have treated us bad. They have done things. But the only way we can live in unity is by choosing to forgive. And saying, I forgive you because Jesus said that if you forgive them, then I'm going to forgive you. Come on. And that's the only way. We can't live that way. We can't say, God, I expect to, I can walk across the bridge to unity and forgiveness, but I can still harbor people and keep them away. It doesn't work that way. You and I have to live and walk in forgiveness because unity will bridge the gap. We can all be one and he, Jesus, has torn down the wall of hostility. If there's still a wall of hostility in between you and somebody in your life, then Jesus is not living fully inside of you. I know that's a little harsh, but I'm, I'm talking to myself. If you've got somebody in your life that there is still a wall, a barrier of hostility that you just can't get by. They could be over there and you can be over here and you say, there's nothing that will ever get me back to that. Guess what? Jesus is not living fully in your life. Pastor, you don't understand. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they said. I will never, as long as I live, forgive. I mean, they hurt me so bad. They did things to me that are, if people knew, guess what? All that pales in comparison to the debt that we had with God. And he turned his back. He remembers them no more. Why? Because Jesus tore down that wall. Thanks be to God that he doesn't hold our transgressions against us. Thanks be to God that he built a bridge in between us and him, despite the fact that we turned our back on him, despite the fact that we didn't receive him, despite the fact that we were in direct rebellion to God, and still are at times. Come on. I tell my kids, I don't want you to do that. And they do the exact opposite right away. They do it right away, all the time. And I look at them and say, did you not hear what I said? Yes. 
Then why did you do it? I just don't know. You do know. You're rebellious. And I got to drive that sin out of you. It's like witchcraft. Come on, somebody. And yet we do the same thing to God our Father. All the time he tells us, do not do this. Do do this. And what do we do? The exact opposite. Time and time again. But thanks be to God. I don't know about you, but I thank God every day that he tore down the wall of hostility between he and I. I thank God every day that he said, you know what? I know you messed up. I know you didn't do what I told you to do. But guess what? Come on in. Come on in. I still love you. I still have something for you. I tell you what, no matter what, God is always waiting for us. He's that father that is standing afar off waiting for his child to come home. The, the Bible talks about the prodigal said that the father was standing on the porch waiting for him, looking for him. I don't know how long it was, but I can imagine probably daily he walked outside and looked just to see. And they probably tell him, come on inside. He ain't coming. He ain't coming. But he was out there daily looking to see. If I see my son, I'm going to run towards him. And I'm telling you today that unity will bridge the gap. Unity will bridge the gap. Jesus made peace between two opposing groups. And he made peace into one. And he's doing it every day. And I'm telling you, if we'll trust the Lord and we'll allow him to do that, he's going to do it for us. When we choose not to live in peace and forgiveness, what we're doing is not putting God first place. When we seek revenge and recompense, then we're living in that. We're saying, I'm going to take care of it. And I'm better at working things out than you are. I tell you, when you let God be the bridge, things are so much better. So much better. I've had situations where people have hurt me. And I've had to walk through some things and had to walk through forgiveness. And I didn't even realize that it wasn't just for me. My act of forgiveness towards the people that hurt me wasn't just for me, wasn't just for that person. There were people that were watching how I was going to react, how I was going to respond. And years later, I had people come and say, you know what? I watched how you walked through that situation. I watched from afar. And the way you handled that blessed me. And that showed me that you're a real man of God. That showed me that you do things with integrity. When you had opportunities to say bad things about that person, when you had opportunities to hurt that person, I saw you. You didn't even know I was watching, but I saw you choose the high road. And to me, that shows me the integrity of God in your life. And because of that, I want to serve God more in my life. When you, when you realize that, that'll humble you. That'll humble you to realize that people are watching. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, people are watching. And the second part of that, John 17, 21 says, that the world might believe that you sent me. When they begin to see unity transpire, they'll believe that you sent me. Number three, unity brings glory. Unity brings the glory. I've only got 17 of these, so hang on, we're going to be here for a while. Just kidding, just kidding. Unity brings the glory. As we read in Psalm 133, it says here that this is spiritual unity. It talks about the oil that was flowing down. Now, anointing people's head with oil in those days was a form of, of a refreshment. When you would come into someone's house, they may have some aromatic oil there, and they may anoint your head or let you kind of clean up. You might wash your face and then put some oil on there, and just it smells good. 
them. And then sometimes they would take that oil and they would put it on their head and then think, man, this smells pretty good. I'm going to throw a little bit on my robe. Come on. And then every time my robe would switch, I can smell it. How many of you ladies, be honest, how many of you ladies put perfume on your clothes? Anybody? Uh, yeah. See, I know there's certain people that you walk by them, they walk past you, and then five minutes later you're like, I still smell them. That's amazing. It's a, there's a guy that works here at the ministry, and I mean, he must have the, the best cologne in the world. You know who I'm talking about. He has the best cologne in the world. It's like, I, he can walk through the hallway, and I'm like, my goodness. I, I walk out of my office, and I'm like, Damien must have just walked down the hallway. I mean, he's, one day I walked outside and I'm like, now this is ridiculous. I didn't see him, but I could smell him and I'm outside. I'm like, what kind of cologne is that? He's like, brother, it's very expensive. I, I guess so. I guess you got to put it everywhere. But that's what they would do. They would anoint themselves and it would get onto their clothes and you would smell that fragrance everywhere you go. And then Aaron in particular, because he was the high priest, it was part of his duty to be anointed. And when they would anoint him, how many are glad that we don't anoint like that today? Come on, if you see, when I prayed for you today, I put a little dab on my hands, and I, I didn't want to get anybody's acne breaking out, so I just make sure that I touch, you know, come on. I didn't want, to, I didn't want some of the sister's hair to get messed up, so I just kind of, uh, you know, I'm ginger how I lay hands. But you know what they did when they would anoint the high priest? They would pour that oil, and the word anoint literally means to paint. They would smear. It means to smear it in. Come on, I'm, I'm resisting every temptation, brother, just, just to do that. You ask Brian, I'm good about that. I'm shining domes there. And uh, it would just, they would pour it. And here's a powerful part here. Unity brings the glory. It says, let me read again. It's like precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and it went down to the skirts of his garment. One translation says, to the edges of his garment. And so it's saying that there was so much of the anointing, hallelujah, that it went from the head all the way, dripped down his beard, got onto his garments. Now some people think that, some theologians means that's the edge of the collar, and others think it's all the way down to the edge of the garment. Either way, that means there's a good supply of it. I mean, they didn't hold anything back. This was expensive. This was valuable. And they poured so much on it. Why? Because of unity. And I'm here to tell you, when you get together, when you get in unity, God doesn't hold back. Whatever you're needing, all you got to do is get in unity and watch God begin to pour it out and he'll pour it out so liberal that it'll be enough for you, for your children all the way down to your children's children come on somebody, everywhere you go everybody that you touch will get it and everywhere you go the fragrance of that blessing will be upon you and we've got to get together and the glory of God is what we're longing it says it's like the dew of Hermon the dew wasn't that refreshing it's just a little dew but the way it was set up, the dew would, would come and then snow actually would come in the mountains. And then it would run all the way down and it would water all the way down to Zion. 
And I'm telling you that when you begin to get into the blessing zone, when you get into the unity, when you cross the bridge and allow God to forgive, allow God to use you, allow everything to be wiped away because of the blood of Jesus. The verse said the blood of Jesus becomes that bridge. The blood of Jesus made a way possible to tear down the wall of perdition. And if we'll let that wall of hostility be torn down and allow the unity of God, then the anointing will flow freely. Why is it that sometimes in services you feel like, man, that service was anointed. That service was powerful. You know why? Because everybody was in unity. You know when services are disjointed and the musicians can't get together with the singers and the, the preacher's mad and, the, and the, his wife and him are fighting and, and things are going on and people are arguing and people don't want to sit certain places and they come in and they got things going on. You don't have it. But when everybody comes together, why do we have praise and worship before the ministry? Because that gets everybody on the same page. That gets everybody unified. We're all singing in unison. We're singing together. And God is going to command his blessing. Are you getting something today? Unity begins with God. Unity bridges the gap. Unity brings the glory. It's amazing that when we get together, we see how great things happen. Jesus' disciples were finally got it. After all that time, they were walking with Jesus, working with Jesus, and then they're still asking, now, when we get to the kingdom, let me just ask you something. Let me just figure something out. Now, who's going to be the greatest? Now, he's like, you guys still ain't got it. Yeah, now who's going to sit on the right? Who's going to sit on the left? Who's gonna be? It's just like I said with the churches. Okay, we're going to have a meeting. Now, who's going to be the greatest? Why is it we're still wrestling with that same question that Jesus put to death? He said, don't worry about none of that. We're all going to be servants. You're all brothers and sisters and you're all serving me. I'm the master. Come on. Why can't we just do that today? But they finally got it. And the Bible says that one of my favorite verses in Acts says that these who have turned the world upside down has come here too. Do you realize that 12 guys went forth and turned the world upside down? The known world, they evangelized. And we can't reach a mile around our church. But 12 guys went out and evangelize the known world. I wonder what would happen if we all came together and said, Pastor, we're ready. We're ready to go reach people. We're ready to love people. We're ready to love people that look like us. We're ready to love people that don't look like us. We're ready to reach out to everybody. Wherever we go, we're ready. We're ready to forgive. We're ready to walk in unity. We're ready to come together. We're ready to do whatever it takes. I wonder what would happen. I know what would happen. God's plan would take place. The anointing would flow. Unity would come. Come on, Brother David. You can go on up to the keyboard. And lastly, unity bestows the goodness. Come on, isn't that alliteration awesome right there? That's so good. So good. Unity bestows the goodness. When we follow Jesus across the bridge to unity, he'll lead us to the blessed place. Like I said, whenever he sees unity, he says, right there, I'm going to command my blessing. 
We ask God to bless our family, bless our house, bless our job, bless this, bless that. He says, I've already told you how to get my blessing. I've already told you how to walk in my blessing, how to make sure that everywhere you go is blessed. It's by getting in unity. How many want your job to be blessed? And Because what's the opposite of blessing? Cursing. How many feel like cursing whenever you get to your job? No, I'm just kidding. How many, how many feel like your job is, is cursed at times? Think, man, I tell you what, every time I go there, this happens. Well, I tell you what, in order to get the blessing there, you need to walk in and bring unity with you. You need to begin to unify people. We don't even realize how we sow discord. And we, not, we might think, I would never do that. But just by us coming in and saying something negative, by us coming in and allowing negativity to be spoken around us, what we're doing is we're sowing discord. We're breaking up the bridge of unity. Instead of just saying, you know what? Aren't we blessed to have a job? How I many of uh, your, your co-workers would freak out if you walked in and said, man, we're blessed to be here. <laughs> Come on, Melanie. You walked in and said, hey, welcome. Today is going to be a great day. You know what? I'm blessed to work with you today. I'm like, you don't even, you barely even talk to me. Because <laughs> I know if I stay away from you, I'm going to stay saved, right? Come on, sometimes you know there's people like that. But if you walk up to them and say, you know what? I'm blessed to work with you today. I just wanted to let you know that. Man, I tell you what, that would change things. You begin walking around and say, you know what? Doesn't it feel great in here? Look, I know it's 100 degrees inside the plant here. <laughs> but guess what? It's 110 outside. Man, you know what? It is so cool in here. I, t- <laughs> I thank God that they got those exhaust fans over there. Even though they're blowing in fumes and we can't even barely breathe. But I tell you what, I really love the, the fans that are going there. All of a sudden, it would change the atmosphere. And then God says, I'm going to command my blessing right there. The word blessing comes from the Hebrew word, barakah. Barakah. And it means benefits, a gift, recognition, prosperity. I don't know about you, but I like to experience benefits versus detriments I don't know about you but I like to experience gifts versus loss I don't know about you but I like to experience recognition versus defamation I like to experience prosperity versus poverty and I'm here to tell you today the way to get that is to walk in unity when we're unified with God and say God whatever it is that you're speaking me to do I'm going to do it I'm going to be obedient I'm going to walk and step with you you tell me to go I'm ready to go you tell me to talk to someone I'm talking to them I'm unified with you there's nothing in between us I'm living a clean life. Come on, somebody. I'm walking in holiness. And then you say, I'm going to allow unity to bridge the gap. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to choose to forgive like I was forgiven. And then you say, 
I'm going to let your glory show up everywhere I go. I'm going to let that anointing flow from me to everybody around me. I believe that the anointing of God that's on my life is flowing to my children. They're going to be far more anointed, far more blessed than I am. I can't wait till I'm old and I watch them preaching and singing and prophesying under a much powerful, much more powerful anointing than I ever did. Because the glory of God is flowing. And the peace of God flow, in Jesus' name. And we're going to live in that blessed place. Amen.